Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. I am Doug Keck, and I'm joined by my co-host, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, for another exciting edition of Mother Angelica Answering the Call, the program that features the best of Mother's live show questions from viewers over the years and her powerful, insightful responses. And, of course... Adding his own powerful insights, we have <laughs> Father Joseph. Great to see you, Father. <laughs> you too. And it's interesting, too, the variety of callers that would call in from six years old to older people and those who are involved in uh, emergency room work and so many different careers. And they're looking to Mother for a little bit of insight into their own situations. Right. The topics, we've got prayer for those who work with tragedy, discovering purgatory in the Bible, and go to Mary. But first up prayer for my mother is kind of interesting because mm -hmm. mom's not there. Yeah. And she's talking about how she really liked that early rosary that we produced back in 1990. This, this sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you change the rosary? <laughs> 1985. I was actually on that shoot, which was south of Birmingham. And it, you probably many, most of our viewers are That's listeners. with the little girl. And with the, the little kind of girl the out in the fields. Yeah, right, and, right. and it's a beautiful little rosary. Right. And, uh, and so that ran for many years. Of course, we had the Holy Land Rosary, and the little girl here says, well, yeah, I kind of like it. <laughs> That's kind of the Father Mitch Rosary. <laughs> that was the Father Mitch Rosary. And we've had a variety, obviously, which is good. Variety is always good, and people connect with different things. We have so many sacred images that we use to help enhance people praying the rosary. Absolutely. And it, it took Mother a little while to realize what this little girl's real issues were as yeah. far as her mom, because she wanted to pray for her mom. She was trying to figure out, well, what's wrong with your mom? And, and her mm -hmm. mom is gone, right? And I often say, as Mother says in this uh, segment as well, that God fills in the gaps. So Mother brings out that your mother, in a very deep way and rich way, is the Blessed Virgin Mary. And so praying the rosary is going to give you connection with that mother that you need, even if your own mother is absent at this time. Right. And, and she talks about that, the, the, that idea. And you think to yourself, uh, even though mother had her mother uh, as a child of divorce, how many mm -hmm. times she probably went to Our Lady for yes. comfort. And she did. They had that beautiful statue of Our Lady of Sorrows in the parish St. Anthony's where Mother Angelica was a parishioner. And I'm sure Mother, uh, our Blessed Mother's sorrows gave her comfort in her own sorrows and her own family life. Right, and I think that's always important for us to remember that, that Our Lady, uh, you know, was pierced. Mm -hmm. uh, and those great sorrows of, of losing her son and, and all those other sufferings. And, uh, but she carried forward because this is what our Lord wanted, right? She was immaculately conceived, but she was not without sorrow. And yet she faced that sorrow with great faith, which is what you and I are called to do as well. Absolutely. Let's see what Mother has to say. Prayer for my mother. We have a call from our audience, and I don't want to miss them. Hello? Hi. Hi. Mother Angelica? Yeah, where are you from? Tarawanda, New York. And how old are you? Six. You're and my grandma has written to you a lot of times. <laughs> Her what? What? Would you? What? <laughs> I said what? I would say your your grandmother. Uh huh. Has written to you? No, to you. 
to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, what did she say? She's written to me a lot of times, right? Yep. And what did she say? I don't know what she said. Well, I bet you she said uh, some wonderful things about you. And I want to tell you something else. Okay. It's about the rosary. They keep changing them from one rosary to the next. And, and every time, now the little girl one isn't on anymore. The rosary with the little girl. Well, I tell you, uh, the little girl kind of wore out. You know this? <laughs> we have a rosary, or we had a rosary, or we still may have a little bit of it. That uh, we have a rosary with this little girl coming on. That what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, but you see, you got to change these things every every so often because they just wear out. Some people get tired of seeing the same rosary. And so every so often we change the rosary. Right now we've got a wonderful rosary that tells you and shows you the Holy Land. Did you see that one? Mm-hmm. Oh, do you like it? Yeah, a little. <laughs> <coughs> well, do you pray the rosary? Yes. That's wonderful. Will you say one for me? Well, I have a new one that I, I have a new prayer that I'm praying, praying for my mommy. She's far away. Oh, I'll pray for your mother. Do you want me to pray for your mother? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want me to pray for something in particular? Mm, no. Okay. Well, then, what's your mother's name? Kathleen. Kathleen? Well, okay. Is your mother far away? Yeah. Nowhere. Are you saying no one knows where she is? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Let's say a prayer that we find your mother, okay? Is that what you want to? Yeah. You're with a relative, aren't you? What? Are you with a relative? I'm with her parent. Okay. Lord Jesus. Look upon this six-year-old child who already says the rosary because of her great needs. We have great crosses, Lord. They start at six, many times. And those crosses last a long time, Lord. This child can't find her mother. Well, you know where she is. You know, Lord, why she is where she is. I want you to do two things, Lord. I want you to put into that woman's heart a need, a need to see her child. A need to look upon this beautiful creature that she brought into this world. A desire to love and to say to this child, I love you. I want you to put, Lord, into this child's heart and mind a deep 
awareness of love for her mother even though she doesn't see her or doesn't know where she is. Maybe she's listening tonight. Who knows? If you are, your child calls out to you. I ask, Lord, though, that this child will be healed even tonight. She needs to be healed. She needs a special blessing, Lord, on this child and on her grandparents. They all need, first of all, forgiveness of the one who's gone, love for each other, gratitude that they are together, and sweetheart, you need to know that Jesus loves you and he will never leave you. That you have another mother in heaven called Mary. The mother of Jesus is also your mother and you must cling to her because she too will never leave you. She will always be there when you need her. So although you're very hurt and very lonesome and you don't understand Go to Mary. She is your mother. Next up, we have prayer for those who work with tragedy. Now, this is an interesting call for somebody who's dealing with mm. a lot of the downsides of life and looking yeah. to say, how, how can I survive that myself? It's really not possible without special grace. I mean, you can bear it, but you have to be somewhat disconnected, right, unless you have grace. And that's where prayer comes in, I think, in those who deal with these tragedies, these tragic situations, day in and day out. It's prayer that's going to sustain them because the love of the heart of Jesus is going to strengthen them to be able to love even when it gets overwhelming again and again and again. Right, and I, I think one of the things that also comes out in this particular story is, in a sense, and I think we've got a great appreciation of the of the first responders coming out of the mm -hmm. COVID thing, the wonderful nurses, those yeah. people who over the year were there in the front lines uh, risking their lives mm -hmm. uh, to help those people out there. And that kind of selfless love is such a wonderful example to all of us. That's one of the things that comes out of tragedies. We see remarkable heroism how people are capable of great heroism, charity, sacrifice, and that's inspiring. We know that this life is temporary, right? And then there's tragedy, there's disappointment, and there's heartache. But that love, that sacrifice, that endures to eternity. Absolutely. Mother Angelica, prayer for those who work with tragedy. We have another call. Hello? Hi, Mother. This Where is you? Pat, and I'm calling from New Jersey. <laughs> okay, what is your need? Well, I would like to ask people to remember those whose daily work involves the tragedy of others. Yeah. I work in an emergency room as mm. a psychiatric emergency counselor, and day after day I see the darkest side of human nature, mm -hmm. sin and suffering. And I know the cliche goes that, you know, it's a dirty job, but someone's got to do it. But it's still, it's easy to get burned out and lose yeah. sight of the goodness of people. Mm -hmm. A lot of time I find a strong identification with Job. So I'd like to ask people to prayerfully remember those who support them, and especially all of the people who will be involved in the emergency work in the Midwest. And thank you. You're thank welcome. Thank you for everything. Well, 
let's say a prayer for all those who uh, drivers, you know, that drive these ambulances, nurses and doctors in emergency rooms, Red Cross that goes to all of these people. Let's pray for those in Bosnia who can't even get water. But these people who go to give them water, these people who will go to the Midwest and, and try to rebuild and try to give hope, it's hard when the same thing happened day after day after day after day. That selfless dedication that so many people have to the needs of others. And sometimes we let them go and we say, well, somebody's taking care of them. Maybe that somebody is you. We can't always help the people right now in the Midwest, but we can pray for them. And, and you can thank God that nothing worse is happening and we can ask our Lord to, to stop the rain, to stop the flooding. Most of all, pray that these people don't lose faith and hope and love. So I thank you. I thank the caller for all their hard work. Don't get discouraged. The crucifixion must have been terribly long to Jesus and Mary, but they kept at it. You do the same. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Keck on EWTN Radio. And thank you so much for staying with us for part two of Mother Angelica Answering the Call. I'm Doug Kecht, along with Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Our first topic for the second half of the program, Discovering Purgatory in the Bible. I'm sure you've heard mm -hmm. this a million times, Father. <laughs> yes, and it's really reasonable, isn't it, that we know that there's a lot of good people who've died that we'd say, well, they didn't seem to be quite ready for heaven, but they're not so horrible that they should go to hell. And God in his mercy has given us this place where we can be prepared for heavenly glory. But one thing that I like that St. Therese says that I think we should aspire to. She said, a soul that is on fire with the love of God will not have to undergo the fires of purgatory. So I think that's what we need to desire, to strive to be on fire with the love of God and to live in according with his plans and purposes. And if we are, then we're on that path to heaven. Right. I th thought a really interesting comment that Mother makes uh, in this program. She talks about the, the question about the, the good thief that comes up about him. Mm -hmm. You know, and how come he just sounds like he went right to heaven? And she says the thief had his purgatory on the cross. Yes, that was his, his purification. And it seemed like he accepted it, right? We're undergoing what we deserve. That's what he said to the other thief. So it's like he's saying, yes, I deserve this. I accept this. I'm offering this. But Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Absolutely. And I think that's the point you, you made earlier as well, is you have to be in that perfect state. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I think you can't bear <laughs> right. being in front of God mm -hmm. because you're so obvious your failings are so terrible. Yeah, that we want to be cleaned. We want to be purified. We want nothing of evil clinging to us. 
so that we can go right to have the Lord's arms. Absolutely. Discovering purgatory in the Bible. It's there. So now, let's have some calls. Hello? Hello. Where are you from? Hi, Mother Angelica. Hi. I'm calling from Providence, Rhode Island. And what is your question? Um, my question is, I have been reading um, the New Testament for quite a while now and yeah. really trying to develop a close relationship with the Lord. And I um, was wondering if you could help clear something up for me. Try. Um, I'm a little un unclear about where Jesus exactly says anything about purgatory because um, I've been really studying what he says about salvation and eternal life and all that and the other question I have is when he when the thief died on the cross and uh, the two thieves and and one of them he said today you'll be with me in paradise yeah and that so, was not that was not heaven though oh so that's that's where I'm not clear because I well, thought, well we, we don't really, yeah, we don't believe that that was heaven. That was a kind of limbo. But that thief had his purgatory on the cross. First of all, he acknowledged that Jesus was Son of God. He called him Lord. Secondly, he knew he was a king. And he said, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. And he was awesomely repentant. Now, heaven was opened for all the saints in limbo or wherever they were on Ascension Day. Our dear Lord brought his victorious resurrection and all those in him to heaven. So we got, that's what the holy, the, the, what he was, Dismas. He realized that this was the Son of God. He had the power to put him in heaven to forgive him. And, and I really feel Our Lady prayed for that, that our Lord would have that consolation. The people beneath him hated him. For all of his three years of labor, he had his mother, a poor sinner, repentant sinner, and John. All the rest had left him. And I really feel Our Lady prayed for those two thieves. One cursed him, the other said, Lord. His purgatory must have been a long one. Because what they did, you know, they would break their legs. Why? So they could no longer lift themselves up to breathe. And if they broke your legs, your body hung in a very short time, you died. Oh, he had a real awesome purgatory. Now, you find in Mark 9, 48, and 1 Corinthians 3, 14, and Luke and Matthew 12, 32. I'm going to get uh, Mark 9, 48. For everyone will be salted with fire. Hmm. Salted with fire. Salt is a good thing. But if the salt becomes insipid, how can you season with it? Be at peace with one another. Now I want to give you St. Luke's Gospel, 12th chapter, 47th verse. I want, you to I want you to hear this now. The servant who knows what his master wants, but does, has not even started, to carry out those wishes. 
You got somebody like that? Have you ever done that? Huh? Your mother tells you to do something, you haven't even begun. We'll receive very, very many strokes of the lash. Mm. The one who did not know, I hear this is going to gripe you good, but deserved to be beaten for what he's done, will receive fewer strokes. Hi. What do you think these strokes are? Somebody's going to come out of nowhere and whip you up a little bit? No, we're talking about a little purgatory here. And closing out our program for this week, a great question, go to Mary. You know, in the World Meeting of Families, Catherine Hadro interviewed a remarkable couple, Danny and Leela Abdallah. And you may know of their tragedy. They're Australians, a Maronite right, originally from Lebanon, but their children were run over by a drunk driver who was also addicted, I think, to some drug. And three of the children died. But they gave a talk, Forgiveness as a Path to Holiness. And what a remarkable couple they are that they said that forgiveness really is more for the person who's been hurt because it frees them. And the pain is still there. And yet they turned it into loving this, this man, even that had killed their children through this car accident, and turning it into something good for their children. Right. And also, as mother relates to the idea of her own family situation at times, and that, that idea of being angry with God, that people are angry. How could God allow mm-hmm. this to happen? And that's how it can turn, right, when something tragic happens, as it does, that we can begin to blame God. And they talk about the fact that many marriages, I think 65% when they lose a child, break up right? because it's just such a hard thing. But when forgiveness, it brings healing, and they begin to see even their children and, their, and the other. And it was just a beautiful testimony. Absolutely. That's why Mother recommends going to Mary. We have another call. Hello? Mother? Hey, where are you from? Chicago, Illinois. Oh, we got two. Yeah. What's wrong? Well, I married a man with three children 23 years ago, and I developed multiple sclerosis like 11 years ago. Found out a year and a half ago he'd been having an affair, and he's been leaving me and coming back for the last year and a half, and he finally now decided he wants to be with this other woman. And I raised his kids Catholic, and I did all the right things, and now I'm all alone, and I'm a cripple, and I just don't understand how God can do that if you're a good Christian. How does he allow all these bad things to happen? Yeah. I know how you feel. My mother used to feel that way. For years and years and years, my mother never went to church. She was all kind of angry with God. She's a good woman, but things just didn't work out. But I can tell you one thing. She was faithful. She was faithful. Hard, but faithful. God isn't mean. Don't say that. Don't blame God for what your husband did or your children. You were a faithful mother and wife. And God is pleased with that. Your children are not faithful. Your husband was not faithful, but you were faithful. You have a great cross. There's no getting away from it. But don't 
put the cross of bitterness on top of what you already have. But here's where you get hopeless. I want you to take this cross that's yours and give it to Mary, our mother. Her, all the people abandon her son. She knows what it means to be abandoned. The one she loved the most died because he was God. And although she was given to all of us and to John how unfaithful we are to her, how many of us are faithful to Our Lady? Well, after Our Lord said, Behold your mother. How many of us treat her as a mother? How many of us go to her? How many intercede? We abandon her. Many churches don't even have her statue or her images. <coughs> Our Lady seems to be in a way in so many churches today. They've put her out. She's our mother. She knows how you feel. She understands. I wonder if that's why she cries. I wonder. If she doesn't cry like you cry, well, go to Mary. Say your rosary every day. Ask her to give you the grace to see what she saw. And I think it would be also very good for you to offer your pain and sufferings and loneliness for the very people that hurt you. That's what she did. When Jesus said, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do, she said exactly the same thing. Go to Mary. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.